Hi, welcome back to Motherhood Mental Health and Me. I'm your host, Jeanette Binion, and today I'm truly excited because I got to chat the other day to Nina from the Dope Black Mums podcast, and we talked about her work as an agent, um, her tips on how she juggles her work, her kids and her business, and also her journey to starting the Dope Black Mums podcast. It was such a pleasure speaking to her. I was truly inspired. And I really hope you enjoyed the podcast episode as much as I did. Hi, Nina. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks so much for being here. So firstly, I wanted to find out a little bit more about you. And I know that you are an agent. Yes, I am. I am an agent. Yeah. So yes, I've been agenting for six years now. And um I feel like in my sixth year, I'm like, I can feel myself getting better. Um, so that is, that's, yeah, it feels, it feels good. I mean, obviously don't tell any of my previous clients that, but I'm, I'm in my zone now. I, I get, I get how to do this. Yeah. And how did you get into it? Well, uh, many years ago, I went to stage school yeah. um, and I learned professional dance and musical theater. I then worked as a model, dancer, and backing vocalist for about 15 years. Um, And then I had children. And now as an agent, I look after women who want to continue working and kind of work at the same time. I personally couldn't see how to do it for myself. I luckily, gratefully, had got to a really great place in my um, in my work, mainly as a model, um, which amazingly meant I got to travel the world and do lots of fun things and um, have an amazing time. I couldn't see how I could parent whilst doing this. So I, I personally decided to stop freelancing and being talent and being in front of the camera. Um, like I said, as an agent now, I build in childcare to contracts. I I look for any moment, any wording that I can to protect working mothers. I just personally couldn't see how to do it. And I really wanted to take the full year off, have the whole experience and um and do that. That was that was important to me. And I also didn't couldn't didn't feel confident of I didn't know how to do that as a freelancer. And again, now um there are lots of options out there. But for me, couldn't see how to do that. So I stopped freelancing. I had my child. I took a year off. Um, well, I had a year of maternity leave. Um, and then when I went back in, I was like, what am I going to do? Um, so at that time, Femi, the uh, CEO of IAG, asked me to come in and build, um, kind of help build the commercial division, which I did. Um, yeah and that was like six years ago so how did you feel because this is so so difficult for mothers and women who go and have children and then can't get back into work or work has to look different because of childcare. So how did you feel about leaving freelancing and being talent and having to pivot basically yeah yeah really scared I was really, really scared. So I'd only ever been my own boss since I was like 16. Um, I had massive fears and hang-ups about kind of office culture. I'd never had a PAYE job. 
I've been freelance my whole life. So I kind of thought there'll be all these things and systems that people know that I wouldn't know and all these language, this kind of language and all this stuff, this office politics that I had no clue about. Um, so that I found scary. Um, and obviously most of it was in my head. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it was scary. And now I'm really grateful to have a paycheck. It feels still like a luxury, having a paycheck and having holiday. Because also freelancing, I never took a sick day. You could never take, I never felt like I could take a sick day. I could never turn down a, um, a job or I kind of had to really think about turning down. I don't think I actually ever did turn down a job. Um, so now having a paycheck and having to take all my annual leave feels like a luxury to me as I'm not having like I challenge myself to take on manually because it's still in my head still feels a little bit like skiving like I I'm like I feel like I'm kind of bunking off and not not doing my job because I'm taking a day off when really obviously it's annual leave and I find it very difficult actually to take all my all my leave um but yeah getting getting better at that and that's my own challenge to myself is to take my annual leave so how do you how how do you juggle everything how do you juggle the kids work and the podcast I have tried to take the pressure off myself um I don't um yeah I think I just don't don't put don't put I try not to put pressure pressure myself like the podcast is just for me meant to be for fun meant it's a passion of mine um i love celebrating highlighting champion championing black women um any any anything any stories that we can share that can help any person parenting um i think is great i i find out of everything i've done in my life um and my current job i still find motherhood more difficult like I go to work and I have a break I I find motherhood so much harder than agenting so much harder than running your own business I find it the hardest of all so um try and give myself a break um and I really really have to use my time um wisely so when I am traveling on the tube um basically anywhere where there's no wi-fi basically traveling on the tube um I answer emails offline. So on Gmail, I can just reply to everything and it'll kind of send when you're online. Um, I answer my WhatsApp conversations offline as well. Um, I kind of just use every second that I can. I pre-plan meals. I kind of pre-cook stuff. I I, I just really, really think... um, I, I just try and use my time as efficiently as possible so that when I am with the children, I can really focus and be present with them because agenting, I could, the job, it can be very consuming. There's always something you can do. Um, every weekend, something goes wrong, as in with a, somebody on a production, some, something, some sort of emergency happens, someone misses a flight, um, someone hurts himself on set, um, every weekend so i i i try and try and keep really firm boundaries for work but also my 
actors know that I'm accessible for emergencies. But then every weekend I do have to find myself explaining what I think an emergency is. Yeah. So like, if you've missed your flight, yes, tell me. If you've obviously hurt yourself on set and you need some support, tell me. If it's that you can't find this one thing from an email, that's not an emergency. That's not something you have to contact me on the weekend about. That's an email. I can get to it on Monday. So that um, I've had to really... I've had I've had to really implement that, which I don't find easy. It doesn't come naturally to me to say no to somebody or to say to hang on, you know, can I, can this this is an email, this isn't a phone call, or you know, you're messaging me on the weekend. Please, can you save this to Monday? That I've found um, quite difficult, and I have to I have to work at that every week to to maintain that. Um, so yes, that's yeah. how I'm doing it, trying to use my time, trying to think through everything. Um, and mainly the, kind of the offline hacks, that's really helped me, just doing as much as I can offline because I'm obviously traveling in and out every day. So yeah. I, I use that time as well. So what? So you just mentioned something about the, the, the meal planning and the meal prep. Do you have any tips for me? Because I'm yeah. drowning in this space. I find myself cooking every day. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not winning. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. So when um, actually during maternity leave, I really did big, big cooking, big batch cooking. And then I could freeze stuff. I went really into it in maternity, actually, and like had a zillion Tupperware boxes and labels and everything. Because, um, you know, when you're really, really new mom, you just can't think, you can't cook, yeah. you kind of end up just well I personally diet was bad everything was bad you're just like trying to find scraps yeah. and you can't just get it together to think of a meal yeah um and it's still a bit like that sometimes so it's ridiculous but in the morning like I'll find myself like cooking a mac and cheese like really doing some big cooking because um because also with kids you know you've got to you've got to have it kind of ready especially young kids I've got a, a six and a four-year-old you've got to have it ready or it for me it all just disintegrates like it just goes downhill when young children are hungry it's just like <laughs> the whole thing collapses and I, and I can't I can't do that so I'm like pre-cooking kind of one thing in the morning um I might kind of cook chicken in the evening which I could have that night and the day before always cooking a bit extra basically right and anything that I can pre-cook cooking it and if it makes sense to freeze um I hate food that goes off I hate wastage me too so like I might buy a loaf of bread freeze it and if it's slight like sliced bread and just take out one slice from the freezer and toast that yeah because I hate the wastage. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to just be as economical as possible, but pre-plan as possible and really talk through with the kids of like, what is it that you want to eat? Like, what is it that you find interesting? Um, what should we have? Try and empower them to think like, what meals do you want? Try and get them to help cook in a nice way. Like, can you chop this or can you make a pattern with this? Or because I want them to be invested because I also want them to eat. Yes. I, I also used to find myself like, like slyly having to cook a couple of different meals because both my children were like, no, I don't want this, no, I don't want this. So I was like, no, I need you yeah. both to like 
agree that we're having this meal and are actually going to eat it. Yeah. Because there's one thing in me saying, sit down, you must eat this, but I can't, I'm not going to force them to eat it. Yes. And um, I actually also need them to eat. So I'm trying to kind of bring them into it as much as possible. Um, and what else? Like pre-peeling um, potatoes or sweet potatoes, putting them in water, putting that in the fridge again. So it's just all those things where it feels like it takes a little bit of time, maybe doing that sort of stuff as prep. Wow. Um, so that when you get home... I could just chop them up and put them in the oven rather than, again. And I know it sounds silly because it's just peeling a potato, but you know how much, you know, how time poor we are. Like, you just don't have time to do these things. And I also am trying to, I want to have, having fresh food and healthy food is important to me because it's too easy to obviously eat unhealthy food. And on top of all of that, all of that, after just saying that, I give myself one um, cheat meal of frozen pizza. Yes. So I'm like, one day, kids, you can have this. Which day is going to be your pizza day? We can do that. Um, so, yes, I that's how I'm doing it. I and, love it. Um, <laughs> and I'm inspired. You sound it's, so... It's, it's working for me. Yeah, I don't feel... It doesn't feel... I don't feel organised. I just like used to find myself getting home I work in central London I live in Hackney so that takes an hour I get home and then having to think about food either I don't have the inspiration or then you're going to go and cook big chicken then and then again you've got the hungry kids so again the whole evening just goes down I'm like I'm like I'm outnumbered here and they're like hungry and they're tired I know I'm not going to win like I know I'm walking in situation where it's just going to go downhill um which I don't want so that that was the that was the thinking behind it that's amazing I'm super inspired actually so I need to be a bit more on it and organized (laughs) because yeah five o'clock is stressful it's the most stressful time in my house yeah (laughs) yeah same here (laughs) but so I love your passion about helping women mothers and I just want to just mm-hmm. segue into Dope Black Mums. How did that come about? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, my husband had Dope Black Dads. Um, and now there are lots of Dope Black entities. There's Dope Black Queers, Dope Black Professionals. Uh, there is Dope Black Women, um, Dope Black Dads, Dope Black Men. Um, so for me, Dope Black Mums was a space to talk, a space to share, um, and just a, a resource if you want it. Um, there's the WhatsApp groups, there's Facebook, there's socials, there's the podcast, and some people dip into to bits of that. Whatever is useful. Um, I don't put any stress on anybody. I don't put any pressure on myself. Um, it really is just meant to be a space um, where you can where you can share and you've got the common the common link of all being mothers and all being black women and obviously without the the weight of having to explain what that means the weight of having of having to explain the fears that we know we all already have yeah um without having to do any of that you can just kind of get straight to it and it's not like we're sitting there talking about race all day um 
at all but it, it, it is a space you can that you can do that as well and there will be that common understanding if you want it um but yeah so so that's what it's come to and the podcasts again selfishly for me I love having the conversations um it helps me understand my journey I get tips and tricks um practical and emotional from how people are coping because it is hard like I said I find motherhood really hard I love it and I think of it as joyful stress and and the best mission I've ever been set upon but um I find it really difficult and um and anything I can do to make it easier on myself brilliant if that helps anybody fantastic but essentially there is no guidebook there's there's no right way to do this and I just like I on a kind of basic level just like hearing how other people do it like how are you doing this how are you coping how how what's worked for you what hasn't worked for you um and uh just connecting like that because it's really difficult and it's it's um something that I'm continuously learning at and continuously kind of looking at and um and again it's also changing isn't it as your children grow yes and as you grow um, and understand yourself. Um, yeah, so I just find the whole thing, you know, interesting. So that's amazing. Yeah, that that is um, that's the idea. Yeah. And so tell me, how has you said you had a four year old and a six year old? I have a four year old as well. Yes. <laughs> how has motherhood yes. changed you? Oh, it it has broken me open. It shows me myself every day. Um, thank you for coming onto my podcast. But when we were talking, we, you were talking about how you like to give your child space to kind of express themselves and just understand, is this me? Or am I doing this for me? Or am I doing this for you? And I find that comes up quite often. Like, am I embarrassed for myself? Or, or is this really, like, what, what is this about? Why, why am I feeling this? Um, and that's what it's given, given me. And I, I truly think, and I feel this about my children, all children, that they are closest to the source. I think they're pure whole beings that we're all trying to get back to. I think they, you know, arrive pure, whole, perfect, you know, and as we get older, all the self-doubt, all of those kind of isms drop in and I what I see my children I'm just like they're so brave and um so sure of themselves I I was speaking to my son the other day and I was like oh you know do you still like football is that something you still want to do um when you grow up like would you want to be a footballer and he said I am a footballer he's six lovely (laughs) and um (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, "You are a footballer, brilliant!" It, you know, and I just loved the, the 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 sheer knowing of yourself. Like, I definitely lost that through my teens. I lost that as an adult, and I think now, getting older, I'm only just getting back to that. But I think they have that now, and I and I see it. They're kind of so in themselves that I sit that I just wonder, 
And, and I, I, I see this in lots of children. I just sit there and just think, I'm just in awe of them. Um, you know, I, I gravitate towards children and, and it's kind of an ongoing joke at, at the wedding. I'll be at the children's table because I, I do think they're incredible. And I sit there and just, just marvel at them because I just think they're so bold and there's so many things that we can kind of hide from and that, well, I speak for myself so many things I can be fearful of that I feel I've picked up through teenage years into adulthood and I see them just boldly going through and doing these new things or just being in these spaces or kind of being in a room where they don't know anybody and it doesn't affect them at all and they don't feel less than they don't feel othered they they just go in there and themselves and they get on with it and I just sit there and I think it's amazing so Long, uh, long ramble, but but that's what it's given me. Just I, I just I, I'm in awe of them, and it can, I suppose, keeps me, uh, it keeps me connected, and just uh, keeps me on the the straight and narrow of of the the person I want to be when I when I see yeah. them, and and lots of children. It, it keeps me close to the to the goal to the mission. Yeah, I love it. I love your passion. I feel the same way that you feel mm-hmm. about kids. It's really resonating mm-hmm. with me. And it's, touch- it's really amazing. Um, what would you say is your biggest failure? And what would, did you learn from that experience? You can say it as a mom, if you want, mm. or outside of that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it's the, the same sort of things that we were talking about, is, is doing things for yourself rather than your children yeah so the typical meltdown in the supermarket why is it embarrassing because people think that you can't control your child and first of all why do you care what anybody else thinks yeah why must you control your child and all those sort of things that's what I mean it kind of show it shows you up like it, it like I find motherhood calls me out on my kind of bs yes which I like so my biggest failure was listening to all that stuff and and really internalizing it like I'm an awful parent because my child's crying in a supermarket or I you know I've failed because I've had one bad day as a mother or I cannot get them to go to bed like I used to really fear bedtimes because it just feels like they'd run me (laughs) and I wouldn't be able to like hold my ground and then I'd be like oh you're an awful parent you you haven't got these boundaries and they're gonna grow up a all this because you haven't been able to control bedtimes. Um, so I think that was my failure, listening to all of that. And I remember times with hair, with my daughter, on birthday parties, weddings, engagements, where you're going to particularly black events. And I was like, got to have the hair on point. I can't, I can't leave the house with the hair on point. And I'd sit there and be like, no, we've got to do this. And, you know, you're doing all this. She's like, I don't, I like, I don't want my hair like this. And, you know, you do all these things because I want people to think that I brushed, combed and washed my daughter's hair and I'm a good mother. I'm a good black woman because it's all conditioned and it's parted and it's done. When you can still do all of that and have a different style and she's not in pain or she's not crying or she's not having a fit because you don't want to sit there however long having her hair done for me to look like I've got a well-presented child because I've got my household in order. Yeah. 
you know, and I, I, again, used to really internalize these things and used to really feel like a failure because whatever would happen inevitably. Um, so, so that, that was my, I think something that I look back on and really try and be aware of, of when these moments come up, what is it that's actually sticking? What, what is it that's making me feel uncomfortable? Um, and try and listen to that. So I think the failure was not picking up on those sort of things sooner. And, um, and I remember one particular birthday party of just like forcing her into this hairstyle that she didn't want to do, putting her in an outfit she didn't want to be in because I wanted her to look perfect and pretty. Um, and she didn't want to do it. And um, I feel bad about that. So, yes. Yeah, we did, you didn't Trying know. To be aware of that. Yeah, it's a journey, isn't it, though, of awareness? and Yes, yeah. You're coming into yourself as a mother as well and being okay with actually, like, yes. it's okay like this, you know, and I'm good. Yes, and that's hard to sit in that space and just say I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Are these people looking at her hair? Are they looking at me? You know, yeah. like, I'm okay with that. That's That's hard. That's hard. Um, so that's another one with the boundaries that I kind of have to uh, keep an eye on yeah. constantly. It kind of creeps in on me. Yeah. And then also, just finally, one other, one last question is, if you were to write a book tomorrow, what would you write about? I think the question that I try to ask myself often is, um, does it matter? Um, as in... This, this sort of stuff that we're just talking about, like sometimes when you're in the thing, the stakes can feel so high, can feel so impossible. And then a day later, a month later, a week later, a year later, you're like, what was all that about? And I'd like to be able to ask that question in the moment sooner before you have the whole meltdown of life and think, how am I going to cope when you're just like, is it really that, is it really that big? So I'd like to write, write a book about processes or coping mechanisms or questions you can ask yourself just to bring you back into that like is it really does it like at the end of the day if everything was to stop today does that thing matter does it make a difference um or what does make a difference go do more of that like it's okay yeah um so yeah that's the sort of thing that I'm trying to ask myself and also trying to remember in the moment again when there's a tantrum or a this or a that like is it's okay you're going to be out of this in five seconds it's not the end of the world um and if it is the end of the world do you want to be stressing about this right now like there are other things you could be doing so um yeah I think that's what I want to write a book about and how to stay how to stay kind of on that question without it spiraling into a meltdown for me and my children because when I melt down they melt down you know they pick up on it so like if I can get to these sort of understandings quicker you know I'm not bringing that in I'm not bringing that energy near them and I know they pick up on it because I can see it like reflected back in me straight away so I'm like not surprising that you're reacting like this to me because I'm like this yes. at you so um yeah that that would that 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 would be the book okay. i hate writing but if i could write that would be it cool and so 
um, obviously, if people want to hear about the podcast or be, be in contact, what's the best way to? Where are you in yeah, the social so world? At Dope Black Mums on socials, on Instagram and Twitter, and the Dope Black Mums podcast on Apple and Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Lovely. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. It's been so nice.